Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, guys? Welcome into another episode of the Wolverine Live Recruiting Show. I'm your host, EJ Holland. Alongside me is my co-host, Zach Libby. Before we dive into tonight, into tonight's show, I want to invite you guys to like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel for free, help us get the word out there. We already have some people joining in, so if you're in the show already, make sure to hit that like button. It helps with the uh, algorithm and helps us get in front of other Michigan fans. So hit the like video and subscribe for free and you get updates every time we drop a new video. So shout out to everybody that's filing in and joining. Uh, Both Zach and I were on the road this weekend. Zach, you were back in Ohio. You actually were in Cincinnati. Yes. Did you get Skyline chili? Yes. Yes. Oh, I got, okay, the, I got, I got the small one, but I watched the whole third quarter of the Michigan game at Skyline. So it was it was it was nice. It was relaxing, not gonna lie. So it's Michigan football and Skyline chili season. Um, did you get the like the hot dog or did you just get the, the chili itself? I just got the the spaghetti chili, like oh small one like it's pretty nice i mean it doesn't fill you up and it tastes pretty good and it was like 60 degrees on saturday when i was down there so it was just like the perfect comfort meal especially after driving like 20 hours the 24 hours prior so it was much deserved i think i deserved some nice skylight chili despite your criticisms I totally forgot the thing is spaghetti and not hot dogs since I've only had Skyline Chili once and it was not a pleasant experience. I was not very uh, excited about Skyline Chili. I had some uh, some issues on the way back, so hopefully you didn't experience any of that <laughs> on the drive home. Um, no, successful drive home. Successful drive home. Okay, so Zach had his... Uh, Zach had a Skyline Chili, got to Cincinnati, and you had a chance to see Elias Rudolph, who we've talked about on this show plenty of times, four-star edge, who was formerly committed to Michigan, flipped his commitment to Miami. Zach, you had a chance to have a long conversation with Rudolph. You posted a great update over at the Wolverine.com. For those of you that aren't subscribed to the Wolverine.com to read Zach's full update with quotes directly from Rudolph you can go uh, head over and sign up right now but uh, as you see here he flipped to Miami 
in August, but Michigan hasn't lost contact. In fact, they're in contact on a daily basis. So, Zach, tell us the latest from your conversations with Rudolph. So, yeah, a little bit of a backstory. We haven't talked to Rudolph since he was committed to Michigan, so late July. So this was really an update of how everything was these past 30 days when he flipped. Um, You know, asking him straight up, like, is Michigan still in contact with you? I mean, he was honest. He said communication happens daily with the coaching staff. And keep in mind, when he committed to Michigan, a big reason for that was the coaching staff. I mean, area recruiter Steve Klingscale, who's a fellow Ohio native, defensive line coach Mike Elston, pass rush specialist Dylan Roney, defensive coordinator Jesse Minter, like they all played a role in Elias committing um, in what was the third Cincinnati native this cycle to commit to Michigan. So that contact hasn't gone away. In fact, like you mentioned, it's happening every day. Um, You know, I asked him what the message was from Michigan, you know, since he's now at Miami. And I mean, I think Michigan's being straight up with him and saying that Michigan is the best program fit for him um, as an outside edge speed rusher. Um, It still means something to him, too, that the number two ranked team, and he said that verbatim, the number two ranked team in the country still wants him. Um, He talked about how great of relationships and the connections that he built with each of those coaches. Um, He talked about just the, the characters of everyone at Michigan, whether it's outside staff or everybody else, just everyone was supportive and he had a great time on the visits. But, you know, now that he's committed to Miami, things have changed in terms of how communication is gone, right? Like Michigan now wants him to visit um, for a game day visit. And he committed without having ever seen a game at the big house live. So that's really important. I think for Michigan to just let him, soak in the atmosphere, let him vision himself playing on that field. Um, You know, there's a quite a, there's a laundry list of games coming up that, you know, give recruits and targets that sort of unique, special atmosphere, you know, two night games, Ohio state, Indiana is going to be a big one. So there's opportunities. And, you know, he said he might, he said he's trying to visit. He no date set yet, but um, now that he's only four hours away, as opposed to, a flight away when he was at Deerfield beach, you know, that is a possibility. Um, you know, he hasn't set a date yet to Miami either, but I know he's going to go back. So I think, you know, two days, three days of, you know, reflecting off the trip and everything. I think Michigan is kind of doing like a slow burn, right? Like you're not trying to make them flip or trying to get a flip or working towards one immediately, you know, there's still three and a half more months until December. So if you can potentially keep the message going, keep the communication up, no need to rush things, bring them on that visit, you know, carry it on to December and see what happens. But yeah, I still think there's interest, but you know, at the end, I I think Miami really hit it home with him in terms of playing for a team that, as he said, doesn't get the respect that they should or playing on the come up. And that's what he did his entire youth career. So there's a lot of familiarity. And of course he has family in South Florida. So I think it would be an interesting thing to watch, but yeah, the next step has to be getting him on a visit before we can really say, um, you know, where this leads to. Um, Before I give 
My quick thoughts on the uh, Rudolph recruitment. We do have a super chat from Funky Bunch 3, so big shout out to him. Remember, this is the super chat show. Tomorrow I'll be back to answer more questions for free. But today, if you want your question answered by both Zach and I, uh, hit that super chat button. That money also goes directly to our travel budget so we can continue to see recruits across the country. And Funky Bunch 3 asks, anyone from Michigan State's class that Michigan can poach? And he also adds, was there ever any interest from Nick Marsh's end or never any interest on Michigan's end? Thanks. So uh, going back to Michigan State, obviously there's a lot of drama going on in East Lansing right now with the uh, Mel Tucker uh, allegations, which is obviously a, you know, just a, a terrible situation as a whole, a lot coming out on both sides. So definitely don't want to get too much into that. So sticking with recruiting, uh, I'll throw it to you first, Zach, you had a chance to go out and see Nick Marsh earlier this season. You know, that name has been brought up quite a bit. You are our Michigan resident. Do you think, you know, it's, it's worth re-exploring Nick Marsh? I honestly think he'd stay in the class. Um, I think he has a lot of love for Michigan State, as does his family. Um, and I think those Michigan State support, especially on social media these past 36 hours, kind of show that I think he'll stay and represent his state, you know, his hometown of River Rouge and the state of Michigan and East Lansing. Um, but yeah, I've kind of always said, you know, behind the scenes that Marsh is that bigger body target, that vertical threat that I know you and I both have, you know, highly graded, um, you know, he's always impressed me in games or camps. Um, if Michigan, let's say started contact or circle backed, um, I would support, I, I think that would be a good idea, but I still, I've, I feel like right now he's very locked into Michigan State, regardless of what's happening over there. There's just so much love from his, you know, everyone in that circle for the Spartans. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I think, you know, from a talent perspective, I like Dick Marsh. Uh, I like that he is that big bodied wideout. Michigan obviously still has a need for that. And to kind of go back to Funky Bunch's, you know, secondary question, following the super chat was there ever any interest on nick marsh's end or never any interest on michigan's end you know marsh did make a visit to michigan a couple of visits i believe as an underclassman and there was a time where uh ron bellamy was recruiting him i just think there's been a lot of moving parts that i don't think are really worth discussing on the show that kind of it, it was probably for the best that both parties you know kind of moved on right um at the same time like i said michigan still has that need for a big body so could they circle back maybe uh but still i, I think there'll there would still be the uh moving parts hurdle to overcome a, a couple of names i'll throw out there and look michigan state's class just isn't very good so you know i don't think there are a lot of names to pick from but a couple of guys in the secondary Sire Torrance uh, is a Michigan State commit that Michigan offered when they were kind of resetting the uh, DB board after a series of misses in the summer so if Michigan makes a press for Sire Torrance I could easily see him ending up in Michigan's class he's a three-star athlete 
out of uh, Syracuse, New York. Mike Hart's very familiar with his high school and uh, with his coach. So I think that would definitely open the door for Michigan making a flip. He's ranked in the 1,000s. Michigan likes him uh, on the back end as kind of a, a versatile piece in the secondary. So if they do decide to push for Torrance, uh, again, I, I would be surprised if he doesn't end up in the class at that point. The other uh, name in the secondary, you know, Michigan still has a need for a safety. Obviously, Zaquan Patterson is still a flip target for the Wolverines, but with him committed to Miami and that whole situation, you, you definitely want to have some other plans. And Justin Denson would be a name to know. He's a kid I saw on the seven-on-seven circuit out of Rhode Island. And uh, he had some, you know, flashes of this guy could turn into something. And I think that he would be a, a guy worth at least taking a look at as a safety. He can also play some corner as well. He's just a three-star prospect. He's ranked in the 700s. But like I said, I, I like this game. I mean, he had several Power 5 offers on the table as well. And, uh, you know, Michigan is back to recruiting around the Northeast and into New England. So uh, I feel like Justin Denson could potentially be a target with what they have, uh, you know, left on the board. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of slim pickings with Michigan State class. Not a lot of guys to really get super excited about. Uh, but appreciate Funky Bunch 3 for delivering that super chat. Going back to Rudolph, um, you know, I'll just give my quick thoughts there. Look, if Michigan can offer anything, anything on the NIL front, I think it would help out tremendously. Obviously, if there's one area that Miami has an edge for, uh, an edge against Michigan, it is on the NIL front. You know, the Hurricanes are major players for, uh, in, in terms of NIL. So Michigan obviously isn't participating in the same game as Miami with NIL. And I think that had a negative effect with Rudolph on the flip side of the coin. Like I said, if Michigan can offer anything, the relationships are still there. Steve Plinkscale has been recruiting Rudolph since he was really, really young. Um, you know, he obviously was already committed to Michigan. The Wolverines can easily pitch pass rusher, production and guys they've sent to the NFL like Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo. Rudolph recently moved back to the Midwest. He is in Cincinnati where Zach saw him. So proximity, everything just makes sense for Michigan here, except NIL. So we'll see if anything changes on that front. But uh, the other, you know, keynote from Zach is Rudolph is very open to visiting Michigan this season. And if he does make it to campus, then, I think the opportunity is there to create some movement. So let's go on to our uh, other flip target that we're going to talk about, and that is Nitro Tuggle on 300 wide receiver committed to Georgia. Now, before you made the trip to Ohio, you were actually in Indiana spending time with Tuggle. Give us uh, your thoughts on where Michigan stands with their pursuit of Tuggle. So, yeah, Nitro Tuggle, Nitarian Tuggle um, from Northwest Indiana, committed to Georgia on April 11th, which was pretty much exactly a month after he took his first ever unofficial visit to Michigan. Um, he got a full tour of facilities, met with Ron Bellamy, 
met with head coach Jim Harbaugh, um, really got the full picture of what a wideout can do or get gets presented um, in that system. And, you know, credit to him. He opened up about Ron, you know, his relationship with Coach Bellamy, who has been in contact with Tuggle about once every two weeks or once every week, just catching up, you know, greetings. But, yeah, Tuggle said, one of the great things about Bellamy is that he was always truthful in in their meetings. You know, there was never a lie told. You never, Tuggle never felt like he left needing to be told more or didn't feel like he was told the full story. So I think that played an account of Michigan, you know, being a top school for him in the late winter and early spring. But yeah, Georgia's uh, season success with two time national champs and, you know, the wide receiver development and then his, trust in Georgia's wide receivers coach, who's also from the Midwest, you know, played a big part in him committing. Um, he, he told on three, maybe back in June that he was open to taking official visits if needed, you know, taking future visits in the fall, because, you know, now you can take unlimited, um, you know, Michigan is in consideration if that happens, um, obviously because of Bellamy. And then another factor is just having a teammate in Josiah Edmond, who the cornerback commit of Michigan, who committed on August 1st. Now, this is an interesting part of the story because having Edmond in the fray now, if Edmond returns or once he does return in the fall, he's going to try to bring Tuggle with him. And I know Tuggle has said that he's, he's been listening or he's been hearing what Edmund has to say. So, yeah, I think the big thing for that is if he does end up taking visits, um, you know, go with Edmund, um, have a friend with you, have a close teammate by, go to one of the big games, Purdue, for instance, you know, Josiah Edmund's former school, um, you know, and just showcase a balanced offense. I think that was one thing that Tuggle mentioned in the story where that was one thing kind of holding Michigan back, which was, um, you know, more explosive passing attack. And I think we've seen this past two games under JJ McCarthy, that Michigan can be a balance and commit to the pass um, and have a, you know, success with that, um, with that scheme. So I think that's important, but also let's just, you know, he just has to take visits first. You know, he's just considering it. It's not, it's not locked in, nothing, no schools have locked in. Um, so, but if that does happen, I can definitely see Michigan getting at least him on campus again. Um, and then adding Edmund to it, I think Michigan could have a shot and it just, you know, building momentum. But, you know, Georgia, obviously they've had success at developing at wide receivers. Um, he has a great relationship with their coach. I think the Aurora of playing for Georgia is huge. So, it's going to be a challenge, um, but I think with someone like Bellamy, who's you know presents that personality that people like Toggle really appreciate, um, you know we'll see what happens um, later on in the fall. Yeah, I do think Michigan will get Toggle on campus. You know he is open to making other visits. I do think Josiah Edmond and Ron Bellamy will convince him to make his way to campus. I think. The pre-existing relationship with Bellamy obviously helps. Bellamy is still a very magnetic recruiter. The thing about Bellamy is it's tough to sell this offense to highly touted receivers like Tuggle, who's ranked as the number 109 overall recruit in the country. Um, 
and he was, you know, pretty open with you saying he wanted to see more explosive plays. And, and like you pointed out, you know, Michigan has been able to do that so far this year. JJ is having a tremendous year, but a lot of, you know, these kids haven't really watched Michigan. I don't think, you know, the games haven't been very high profile. You had the opener on Peacock. So I think the more explosive plays you can get into big 10 play, uh, you know, once Big Ten play starts up, if JJ continues to hit, you know, Roman Wilson for big plays and, and just has the pass game going, I think that that will really open the eyes of Tuggle and potentially some others as Michigan still has a need for another wide receiver this cycle. But uh, the, the one thing that, again, scares me, the same thing with Rudolph is NIL. I mean, he talked about visiting other schools and the other schools he listed were NIL schools. I believe it was like Miami and Tennessee and Texas A&M. I mean, you know, I, I don't think Michigan can do much from an NIL standpoint. So it'll be interesting to see how much that plays a factor as well. Uh, all right, guys, before we move on to our next topic, I want to invite you guys to subscribe to the Wolverine.com today for just $1 for one month. If you want to read direct quotes, from Nitro Tuggle and Elias Rudolph, you want to get our in-depth reports and thoughts on everything going on in Michigan recruiting, you can sign up today for just $1 for one month. That is for new members. If you want a annual subscription, you can sign up for $109. Uh, but the dollar offer is just $1 for one month. You can't beat that. It's less than a bowl of Skyline Chili. So come over to the Wolverine.com and sign up today for exclusive recruiting information, team information, the season's in full swing. You don't want to miss anything going on during a Big Ten conference play, which is just a couple of weeks away. So sign up today for $1 for one month over at thewolverine.com. And while mo more people have flooded in, make sure to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel for free. All right, Zach, let's go ahead and move on to our second topic of the day. And we can play a little small violin. And that <laughs> is Mantrez Walker. Happy trails. We hardly knew you, Mantrez Walker. Uh, Three-star 2025 linebacker out of Buford, Georgia, is no longer a part of Michigan's 2025 recruiting class. Zach, how will you remember Mantrez Walker? You know, he was a really nice kid. He... He always gave us interviews, um, always was open with us when we asked him questions. But um, I guess on the field, I'm going to break this down. I guess on the field, you know, him as a true Mike, you know, guy who has B-gap control in between the tackles. I guess with Michigan's scheme fit, you take a look at the 2024 linebackers, you know, they have that versatility. They can play Will, Mike, Edge, a hybrid safety. I guess the role that I could see him playing most is Junior Colson, but you know, you want those defense, you know, positionless linebackers that you see in this cycle. Um, I guess there's other options in 2025 cycle that kind of fit that mold that Michigan is looking for. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was just kind of when, if not if, you know, when, not if for him to decommit, especially when he was tweeting on August 1st about, you know, recruiting, staying open and not 100% shut down. So 
you know, I, I will never blame a kid for wanting to go through the process as a once a once in a lifetime opportunity and take full advantage of it. You know, if you want to be a hundred percent sure. So, um, you know, I, I, I wish him the best. Um, I guess I can say. Um, I had a chance to go watch Mantrez Walker a couple weeks ago, right before he decommitted. And look, I just don't think he's a Chris Partridge type of linebacker. It seems, you know, Partridge likes uh, guys that are, are a little more athletic and, and lengthier. And then Jesse Minter likes guys that, you know, are a, a little thicker like Walker, but also have more sideline to sideline speed and can play in space. And I don't think that's Mantra's Walker. I think Mantra's Walker is more of a shorter inside backer that is – better fit for a 4-3 defense where he is a, a true Mike in the middle. He's a guy that plays the run really well and is physical, but I never thought he was a great fit for Michigan's defensive scheme. I don't think he's a guy that plays in space too well, and I don't think he's a guy that runs sideline to sideline in his height. You know, height doesn't concern me too much for inside backers. I don't care if you're six foot or six foot one, but uh, I think he's probably generously listed at five foot 11. So I, I think height was a little bit of a concern for me. And you have to keep in mind that again, Chris Partridge wasn't the guy that really recruited Walker. You know, he, he kind of committed as Michigan was trying to make a big push in Buford and, and four-star running back, Justin Baker remains a top target for the Wolverines out of Buford. But I think the Wolverines were, you know, trying to establish some relationships there. And, you know, it gradually just ended. Things just ended with Walker. I don't think it's much of a loss. There are so many linebacker targets out there. I feel like I've seen a, a bazillion linebacker targets over the last few weeks. I mean, you have guys like Kamar Archie, Nathaniel Owosu-Botang. You know, Parker Meese, there's been so many guys that I've seen. It's like, it's insane how many 25 backers are out there. DJ McClary, like, I mean, I think one weekend I saw seven linebacker targets. Like, they just keep popping up in my head. Anthony Saka, like, there's just so many backers out there. It's a really strong 2025 class, and I think Chris Partridge prefers a lot of others. So at the end of the day, uh, I do hope Walker finds a good home, but I think it was best for both parties to go their separate ways. So that's uh, all we have on the Mantras Walker situation. Before we talk about our final topic of the day, we do have a message from our sponsor, Lewis Jewelers. Lewis Jewelers has been serving the Ann Arbor and Detroit region since 1921. Lewis Jewelers' reputation and continued success stems from their belief that a successful jewelry store is built on integrity, quality customer service, and quality products. Lewis Jewelers is a proud sponsor of Michigan Athletics to ensure that every client that walks through their doors or peruses their virtual store is taken care of. They have non-commissioned trusted advisors that are always ready to provide a professional experience and advice. There's no pressure. There's no commission. Located in the bustling city limits of Ann Arbor, Michigan, Lewis Jewelers proudly serves Ann Arbor and surrounding southeastern Michigan communities by providing an exquisite selection of fine jewelry as well as excellent customer service to its residents and visitors. 
Visit their new location at 300 South Maple Road, Ann Arbor, or online at lewisjewelers.com. And, and Zach is sporting some Lewis Jewelers jewelry right now on his ears. He went and, and bought the Lewis Jewelers jewelry. Everybody that needs some jewelry, wants some bling, if you want to be like Zach, go over to Lewis Jewelers. Now, I've been talking about getting the gold dog tag for a while, and uh, it's on its way. I had Zach go over to the store and uh, ship it to me. So, you know, I'm, I'm ready. So shout out Lewis Jewelers for sponsoring tonight's show. Um, now, like I said, we were on the road. Obviously, Zach saw Nitro and Rudolph, but we did see some commits. Let's throw it back to you, Zach, because Nitro's teammate is obviously three-star Michigan cornerback commit Josiah Edmond. Um, get the fans excited about Josiah Edmond, man. What did you see from him? Yeah, seeing three-star prospects is interesting, like from my perspective, because you kind of want to see why they're a three-star. Um, you know, when I saw Edmond play, I think, you know, driving home, I think I, the claim was kind of made in my head that I think he's sort of the victim of the lack of exposure, you know, from as someone who's in the top 700 on, on three industry ranking. Um, I think he's more suitable as a top 500, at least top three, top 400. You know, I think that's the ballpark that he should be in. Um, physically, he's 185 pounds right now. Got a leaner frame, so he can pack on 10, 10 pounds and enter Michigan um, in that 195, 200 pound range. Um, the length in his arms is great. You know, it, it helps him make plays on the ball, both offensively and defensively. Um, he's got that height that Michigan really looks for in its cornerbacks, you know, in that six foot one, six two range. In terms of his, you know, his athleticism, very agile, like he can change direction on a dime. Um, it's really helped him be an off impact player offensively, like on both sides of the ball for Northwood, because he plays wide out running back, kick returner, punt returner. He's the punter um, defensively. He got reps at safety, deep safety, strong safety and the nickel. Um, didn't, I wish I could have gotten seen, you know, get reps as a field or boundary corner, but, um, I think it was really impressive to see him as a run support nickelback. Um, you know, Northwood really sent him on blitzes quite a bit. Uh, he got like a couple tackles for a loss and a sack. He's very aggressive. You know, he plays with that physicality that Michigan defensive backs coach, Steve Klingscale looks for. Um, he also has that sort of like that fiery attitude that's kind of common for guys that clean sale brings in. I think, you know, in terms of someone that I have seen Michigan defensive backs, that's what you kind of want to see, you know, those loud vocal command attention, you know, the right attention from everyone, you know, you have that influence status on your teammates, you know, they listen to you, they want to hear what you have to say, but also you're so self-confident in your own abilities that you can do that without issue. Um, that's exactly what Josiah Edmond is. Uh, you know, he has the ability to be a two-way player in college. If he wanted to play wide receiver, I think he could. But I think just in terms of how he acts and his attitude, I think he would just thrive under clean sales leadership. Um, I, I, it's just a, such a very good underrated land that I, I feel like once more eyes get on him and 
from a national perspective, I think people are going to notice that Michigan landed a very, very fine piece right after the barbecue at the big house when he last visited. Yeah, no, definitely. I like Josiah Edmond. Uh, glad Zach had a chance to see him live. I think he's one of the players in the class that will have a chance to definitely outplay his ranking. I had a chance to see two commits, sort of. <laughs> it was a hellacious <laughs> weekend for me, man. I drove to Maryland and back three times, <laughs> three times, uh, because there were lightning delays all over the place. Uh, games were postponed. Oh, my God. So I got to Oakdale on Friday night, which is the home high school of Dominic Nichols. was really excited to see Nichols. Be I I've seen him live before, but this would have been my first time seeing him in pads, right? Um, and on top of that, you know, there have been some rumors that he's wavering and all of that. So I was really excited to head out there to see Nichols. I got there and the lightning, man, just uh, as soon as I got out of the car, I walked towards the stadium and they were like, get back in your cars. And so I waited around. They called the game. So I went inside. I talked to Nichols. And then the coach told me, hey, we're going to start at 11 a.m. tomorrow. And I was like, great, that'll give me time to still see Nichols and Devin Baxter, who was scheduled to play at 2.30 the next day. So I get to Nichols' school on Saturday in the morning. They push the game back till 12. Then the referees didn't show up. <laughs> and so we had another <laughs> delay. And so at this point, I'm panicking because I have to get over to see Devin Baxter and, you know, I only had a chance to see limited action of Dominic Nichols. So before I continue the story, let's talk about Dominic Nichols. So in the very limited action I saw of Dominic Nichols, and I was so mad because he threw a touchdown pass later in the game that I missed. But in the limited action, you know, I, I, I really like Dominic Nichols. He's six foot five, listed at 255 pounds, but it looks like he's dropped some weight. He's really long. He's athletic. Um, he has a basketball background. He, on the very first drive of the game, he jumped up and battered a ball down. Um, he's that bigger edge in the same mold as uh, Enoetta and Mike Morris. I think he's going to play that role all the way. So I know on three lists him as a defensive lineman, but he is uh, exactly what Mike Morris was. And uh, I think that would be my Michigan player comparison for him. In terms, uh, and I won't spend too much time talking about his game because I already saw any of it. So, in terms of his <laughs> recruitment, um, geez, in terms of his recruitment, obviously he committed to Michigan in June, but there's been some buzz that he's taking a look at other programs. Wisconsin and Clemson have been the two schools mentioned the most, but a third school has uh, risen up, and that is Florida State. They have recently been in contact however Nichols assured me that he's still happy with his commitment to Michigan he's had some really good conversations with the staff I think two things that stood out to me from my talk with Nichols was one um the relationships right these other schools have recruited him hard and are trying to flip him but the relationship he has with Dylan Roney uh who works closely with Michigan's pass rushers is a really special bond and then Jesse Minter, Michigan's defensive coordinator, and Michigan defensive line coach Mike Elston have um, done a really great job of recruiting him as well and have been extremely active with him. So, you know, the relationships play a big role. And two, 
He actually watched Michigan's opener on Peacock uh, against East Carolina. And I know Michigan didn't have any sacks, but I think Nichols looked at it a different way than most. He actually looked at it like, okay, these guys didn't get any sacks. That means that I can come in potentially play early. There will be open competition for me if I can earn that. And so I think it may have actually helped in a weird way that they didn't have any sacks. So, uh, you know, it's something to continue to monitor. I don't think those schools are going away anytime soon. I think, you know, the fact that they're still in contact, you know, says they're going to be in contact the whole way through. But uh, for now, I think Nichols is still happy with his pledge to Michigan. And you've seen the edge room clear out a little bit, too, uh, you know, with the, the decommitment of Elias Rudolph, who we talked about earlier. And then you have uh, Jake Smith wavering right now as well. So we'll see how that shakes out. But, uh, you know, after the uh, referees finally got there and there was a, a skirmish on the field and all types of nonsense going on, um, I drove over to Devin Baxter's game on Saturday, got there late, but there was nobody on the field. And everybody was just standing around. And of course, there was a lightning delay. And so they ended up postponing the game to Monday. And uh, yeah, so I drove all the way back home again for the second straight day. And then I went back out to Maryland on Monday. <laughs> and uh, I had a chance to see Devin Baxter yesterday. So I had some rare Monday night football action. And it was an unfortunate game to go to. And I say that because Devin Baxter is a pass rusher. And the team he played against ran the most 1920s John Borton style offense you can imagine. They ran a multiple eye. They ran the uh, wing T. They ran the wishbone. <laughs> so I didn't get to see Devin Baxter do a ton. They mostly read off of him. So when you play run-heavy teams like that and you're a defensive end, you have responsibilities, especially on read options or on options in general. You Normally you have the quarterback or you have the running back and the backer behind you has the other. So, you know, and they run a lot of pools, uh, pulling offensive linemen. And so – you know, Baxter's job is to follow the pullers. And so he did that, right? He played assignment football, and that's all I got to see him do because they mostly ran weak sides. So Baxter lined up on the strong side every single play. It didn't matter which side was the strong side. He lined up on that side, and they just ran to the weak side. And so, yeah, I, I hardly got to see him do much. They, they really schemed around him, so he only finished with three tackles. And – they threw the ball maybe seven times, but it was all off of play action. So, you know, I never had a chance to see Baxter pin his ears back and just go after the quarterback, which was, again, unfortunate. Um, and then he played on the offensive side of the ball. He almost never came off the field, but they basically always had a, a safety over him. So he commanded extra attention and he only had one catch for 14 yards. Still, to say all of this, I still really like Devin Baxter as a prospect. I think this game was just an awkward one because of the style of offense he was going against. But I mean, you're talking about a guy that's six foot five, 235 pounds, and he's just such an impressive specimen. Uh, he's still a little raw from, you know, just a technical 
standpoint, some things he can clean up, just getting more comfortable with his body, improving his bend, adding some more strength, uh, you know, things of that nature, playing the run a little better. But overall, I think there's so much to like about Devin Baxter. I still think he has one of the highest ceilings in the class. And then the thing that impresses me the most about Baxter is just that he's a, a student of the game. His father's actually his defensive line coach at Gwynn Park, and they've uh, the past couple of weeks, they've sat down and they've watched the first two Michigan games, I guess, on replay. And they broken down what the pass rushers are doing at Michigan and how Baxter can fit in. And they've taken notes and they've reported that to the Michigan staff. And I think it's really cool that Baxter has that type of dialogue. I've actually been told by sources at Michigan that they're extremely impressed with Baxter's IQ and just his understanding of the game and his note taking and the feedback he gives the staff. And, uh, you know, I know Baxter is not a very vocal guy on social media and he's, you know, tucked down in in Maryland, but uh, he's a really impressive kid, man. He's just a a straight up culture fit. He's exactly what a Michigan kid should be. And uh, like I said, I think he has David Ajabo type of potential i think on three has it right it's the only service that has been ranked in the top 200 nationally there's just uh, a lot to like about baxter so with all the issues that went on this weekend with Nichols and baxter i'm hoping to go back out to maryland in october and uh and have a chance to see both Nichols and baxter again but uh baxter is fully solid so nothing to worry about his commitment uh zach and i will be back on the road next week or or i'm sorry this week man uh, i think it's next week because i just saw a football game yesterday and i have to get on a plane on thursday so uh very very short week for me but i will be back tomorrow here on our youtube channel to answer all of your questions on the wednesday night show so make sure to like this video and subscribe to the youtube channel so you don't miss tomorrow's show uh you don't have to super chat tomorrow but it would be appreciated and as john a Schultz mentioned, EJ, you two better not glitch this week because I have a few questions to ask tomorrow. We will get producer Megan on that, and she personally promises there will be no glitches. Um, so anyway, uh, I will be back tomorrow. Zach will be back next week. Uh, have a good night, guys, and uh, I'll see you later. <laughs>